0: You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.
1: You're listening to America's Web Radio. It's time now for the Classic Car Show with Tom Cox and Richard Lintonello.
0: Good morning. Good morning, Thomas.
2: So you're there and you're still alive. I know you've been uh, under the weather this
0: week. Oh, uh, just another awful week, it Just got eh. <laughs> to be COVID. Yeah, got to be COVID. Yeah. Uh, Ugh, still out there.
2: Yeah, you've no had
0: it Multiple times. I had it twice. I mean, the worst thing I ever did was get that useless vaccine. Ever since then, I <laughs> haven't been the same. Yeah. Just no energy, nothing, hard to breathe, body aches, the whole nine yards. It's like, you know, I, I hung up a picture yesterday and I was out of breath. It's like, what's going on? Oh so, yeah, not fun.
2: Now well, we we got to get you back back to health. You need to start eating some good Italian food. Yeah, ain't hey, that's the truth. <laughs> <laughs> Build yourself back up. The, uh, so, yeah. well, you haven't haven't <clears throat> been out in the, in the garage uh, in the last couple of days with, with that going. No, on. Um, no, nothing. I, no. Uh, I've been collecting parts for my current project, the seventy three AMC Ambassador, and I needed some evaporative emissions hose. I needed some fuel line and a couple of other items. And I'm not going to mention any company names, but I went to a couple of auto parts stores. They couldn't give me the right stuff. I mean, seriously, they could not give me the right stuff. I mean, how difficult is it, you know? The evaporative emissions, I they kept giving me the wrong uh, thickness thickness you know you need to have a you know proper thickness on some of this stuff otherwise the vacuum will collapse the hose try to explain that to these guys and then uh, I needed some fuel injection hose for my 82 280ZX I asked for that I said listen you know I mean it needs to be specially rated for fuel injection to handle the pressures etc and uh I went to one place. They, they couldn't get it for me. They, they have it. I know they have it. I know they had it back there. They just couldn't bring it to me. You know, it's crazy. So I thought I would go to one of the more tried, trusted names in auto parts, which I won't mention. But I went there, and I'll be tag on. They couldn't do it either. Finally, I ended up going into the back room with the guy and pulling down their hose and, and getting it myself. So anyway,
1: <laughs> just frustrating. You know, if, if I can interrupt or interject, I don't think it's just in the auto parts business. I think it's across the board that businesses are having to hire less than competence. Uh, I went in one of the big box uh, stores that's well known for... Uh, hardware and all of this kind of stuff, and uh, it it used to be the man's store. In fact, it started here in Atlanta, Georgia, and you could go in and you could get plumbing, electrical, you know, advice, and the people that waited on you knew what they were talking about, and they would help you any way that they could. I went in the other day and asked for something very simple, and it was deers in the headlights, you know. They had, this person had no idea, and she excused herself and said, I'll go get someone that'll know. And she comes back, and I, you know, I'm sitting there twiddling my thumbs, or standing there twiddling my thumbs. They didn't even offer me a beer. But anyway, so I'm standing there, and uh, the next person was about as knowledgeable as the first person. And I said, you all have convinced me to sell my stock in this corporation. This is, but it's happening from what I understand. It's happening across the board, no matter what area you go into. And more and more people are going to start waking up to the fact, that it's in there. Well, it's I think in a the, lot of it in is medicine. The tur-
2: tur- yeah, the turnover, uh, the turnover rate is pretty high um, everywhere you go. And of course, I I employ numbers of people, uh, you know, and I can tell you from firsthand experience, the turnover. You know, there's just so much turnover. You know, I don't know. I've never seen it like like it is, but but that's it. I mean, you know, if you find somebody who's knowledgeable out there, I don't care what it's, whether it's automotive in this case, okay, um, or at the hardware store or medical, you find somebody that you know knows what they're doing, hang on to them, <laughs> follow them, go wherever they go, because uh, that's going to be the best solution to finding uh your answers when you need parts or whatever else it is you need because um, there is a lot of turnover out there and so I, I i experienced that yesterday i ended up like i said fortunately being able to get it myself and they thanked me for for showing them because they hadn't had anybody show them but it, but anyway it was it was a bit a bit frustrating uh, but it is not unique to auto parts but uh yeah, so anyway, hopeful that I'm going to be able to continue my work on the 73 Ambassador this weekend with any luck. I'll have the fuel tank back in, have all of that hooked up, I may even get the brakes done. I've got one thing that I need to do that I'm going to wait until the last minute, I think. I, I'm just going to keep putting it off, and that is I need to put a freeze plug. On the back side of the head, on the left-hand side, next to the firewall. Oh, uh, no only got. Oh, God. It's not going to be fun. It's not going to be fun. I'm procrastinating because I know I'm going to suffer when I, when I go to do that. Although, in my head, I've kind of come up with a little tool that I'm going to I'm not going to make a fool of myself by telling you what it is until I've actually put it into
0: practice, you know. Um, so I'm going to try to make wanna... myself a simple tool. Yeah, sometimes that works, you know. I mean, you don't want to take off the film head just to pop in a freeze plug. Oy.
2: No, <laughs>
0: what? A, oh. <laughs> Boy, what a nightmare
2: that would be, you know. You, you know, it's. One of those things where, you know, it's really like a a two-minute job putting in a freeze plug. But because of the location, it's going to take a couple hours probably. I don't know. I might get lucky, but, you know, I don't know. It's kind of like, you know, you're really out there working, and you're in a great mood, and you're moving along. Things are happening, and then, you know, you hear that sickening sound nap you know you break off a fastener suddenly a two-hour job
0: turns into a two-day job so, isn't don't... that the truth uh well it's when in doubt jb wells it's
2: good stuff you know and they make uh a lot of different J.B. welds for different applications. You know, you and I were just talking about that when it came not long ago when it came to your uh, the oil pan on your Triumph. Um, right. But, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of different uh, applications. So we were talking about muscle cars, too, the other day and yep. about our faves. So since you're infirmed... And, you know, certainly we always want to let our elders go first. Um, I'll let you def- go <laughs>
0: first. <laughs> Excuse me, folks. That's uh, sore throat, too. Yeah, you know, we, we really don't talk about muscle cars much. Uh, but, of course, we both love them, you know. Uh, I know you have some. Uh, I had some. Uh, and I guess, you know, being a... Pontiac person, that's my favorite brand. Uh, 64 GTO to me is like the ultimate muscle car. You know, tri power, yeah, it'd be nice. It, it, it's not necessary, but, uh, you know, four speed, 389, uh, just the look of, with the horizontal headlamps. I love the uh, 64 GTO. Uh, I also like the 67 GTO and the 70. But, uh, I guess for the sake of this, you know, uh, what we're talking about, muscle cars, we could also rope in pony cars. But the 65-66 Shelby GT350 Mustang, to me, is also, you know, the an iconic type of American performance car. Uh, not the Hertz model. I, I like the white with the Gaussman blue stripes. I've driven two of them, and they're incredible. But uh, a 70 uh, GTX and a 68 Dodge Charger would also be on my short list. I think uh, the Charger itself, to me, is one of the prettiest automotive designs of the post-war era, uh, muscle car or not. That is just an absolutely beautiful shape. I just love that car, along with the GTX. Uh, 67 to 69 Flimit Barracuda notchback, I've always admired, uh, and I would like to have one. In fact, I was looking just the other day for one, but it was too rusty. And, uh, you know, I mean, Oldsmobiles. Gotta love the 65 442 along with the uh, 67. I like those too. But uh, so yeah, muscle cars. Uh, awesome. But uh, I know you're an A- AMC guy, and I must say that yeah. the. Uh, 68, 69 AMX to me is just one of the greatest American automobiles of all time I just think that is a great looking shape uh, give me a 390 go pack 4 speed and uh, wow <laughs> that would be a great selection of automobiles to have in your garage. all those muscle cars
2: no you, you know it's funny because you've got some of my favorites in there too um, I'll, I'll go off the reservation just a little bit and be, you know, a little non nontraditional. Uh, that's a shocker. Um, uh, you know, <laughs> so people will argue about the what the first muscle car would be. Uh, yeah. For me, it's 55 Chrysler 300. In my book, I think the 55 Chrysler 300 is the first... True American muscle car, and for that reason, I'd love to have a '55 Chrysler 300. Um, you know, they're known as the, the you had the letter series. The first year, '55, there really wasn't a letter. You could, in your head, figure it was probably a, an A, but it's just a 300, really. Mm-hmm. And then you have wasn't it a, the 300, 300 B, yeah. Yeah. but then you have yeah. the but but you think about the progression of it. In '56, it was a 300B, in '57, 300C, uh, and so forth. Every year, you know, it was another progression in the alphabet. But um, I love the '57, '58, and '59s. Uh, they just—they're an aggressive-looking car. Um, I love the tail fins. Uh, like totally half, different from half. the 55 and 55. Um, now, yeah. the, the, the B through E, you know. And oh, B through Yeah, the B through E um, right. for me. Oh, it's break time.
3: When it comes to car magazines, are you tired of reading about mega dollar collector cars you can't afford or endless reporting on auctions and how-to tech stories that don't interest you? Then Crankshaft is the car magazine for you. Crankshaft is a 144 page softcover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories, the type of car features you won't find anywhere else. It features American and foreign cars, pre and post war era cars of distinction including sports cars, muscle cars, and regular family sedans too. To discover what many car enthusiasts are saying is the best car magazine ever published, you can purchase either a single copy for $12.95 plus $3 postage, or a one year subscription, four issues, for $59.95. To order your copy, go to www.crankshaftmagazine.com. That's www.crankshaftmagazine.com.
4: Call J.C. Taylor today for a competitive quote on collector car insurance. Give your most prized possessions the attention that they deserve. You'll receive agreed value coverage, giving you the peace of mind to know you're always protected. J.C. Taylor has been supporting the hobby with reliable service that has lasted for six decades. Call 888-ANTIQUE or visit jctaylor.com slash awr to get a quote today. That's 888-268-4783 or visit jctaylor.com slash awr. Drive through time with peace of mind. J.C. Taylor. You're listening to America's
0: Web Radio on the Americas Broadcast Network.com. Thank you for listening.
1: And now, back to the classic car show on America's web radio with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello.
2: Well, we're back, and we were talking Chrysler Letter Series and about my affinity for the 57 through 59 uh, Chrysler Letter Series cars. They're just uh, a brute. It. That's the best way for me to describe those cars. They're brutes, and uh, they're just exciting, exciting cars. You think about it. Back in the day, how exciting those cars had to be uh, to see out there, to see them out on the tracks. And Tom,
1: Tom you Tom, you realize that Richard's cold. holding out on you, don't you? Uh, that he's really a, a closet Chevy man, and he's going to come out with the Chevy muscle cars in just a second on you.
0: <laughs> well
2: probably uh fuel fuel injected Bel air 57 fuel injected 57 Bel airs is, he, he loves 57 chevy Belairs. um <laughs> the uh so you know I, again i think the first muscle car is the 55 uh 300 but um, anyhow you mentioned uh, also bill, also bill people will
0: debate you on that you know Oh, I know, but you know. The forty nine bill with the eighty eight chassis was an intermediate and you could have gotten the full size three oh three V eight or rocket V eight. So a lot of people say that was really the first muscle car. You know, it's hard to say. It really is.
2: Yeah. I you know, I love those cars. Uh, but they just didn't have the brute strength of the Hemi. You know. Right um true so I think that, you know, for me, that, that disqualifies them. And, and then, of course, you know, there was the uh, NASCAR Oldsmobile-Hudson rivalry, um, too. So that, that creates a fondness for the Oldsmobile as far as I'm concerned, too. But, uh, but yeah, no. Definitely a worthy mention. Okay, I'll give you that. Uh, you mentioned one of my favorites, too, and that's the 70 Plymouth... GTX. Um, I'd go uh, 70 Plymouth uh, GTX and Roadrunner. Either, you know, either one just a trim level difference. Um, right. Uh, but I have to have the air grabber hood on mine. Um, I, I love that thing. It's You know, the uh, air grabber hood where it pops up and it's got the little animal
0: on either side of it. I just love it. It's just cool. You know, um, I thought that you would say your favorite muscle car is the '57 Rambler Rebel. That was a fast car. In fact, wasn't that the fastest car in America in '57? It,
2: it was, was the, in the... Fa- It was well, sort of. So it, it was the fastest production car built in America in 1957. The only thing that would outrun it was a properly operating. Uh, Corvette with fuel injection. The carbureted uh, Corvette, nope, the Rebel won. So, I mean, you know, it's, it, they actually had planned to have fuel injection on the 57 Rebel. Uh, they had contracted with Bendix to uh, put fuel injection on the 57 Rambler Rebel. And in fact, I have a brochure, Bendix Electrojector Fuel Injection for your 57 Rebel but they couldn't get all the bugs worked out so they they ditched it um but yeah if it had fuel injection it would have beat everybody hands down but it it did beat everything but the fuel injected corvette in 57 so yeah yeah that's definitely in there um i remember going to a uh amc uh drag race event i don't know a number of years back and uh, there were several guys there with 57 rubbles, and they were dragging them, uh, racing down the drag strip. Uh, it was kind of cool to watch. Um, let's see, yeah. you know, And, of course, the 69, 69 Pontiac GTO Judge and the 70, both of those. I, I, both of those are great cars. Um, you mentioned the 65 Shelby GT350, great car. Um, I've I've driven those cars. They're just great cars, and they're a lot of fun. They're awfully pricey these days, though. God, I'd only known I'd picked one up twenty years ago. Price, I know, crazy, Um, hard to come by. Um, As far as looks are concerned, I really like the '68 shelby uh gt350 uh you do as well wow yeah i like the looks oh okay yeah i just like the looks of it you know you know what they say there's an ass for every seat you know (laughs) there is but there is
0: you know but yeah with Ford, uh here's a car that a lot of people kind of forget about the 64 thunderbolt you know Got that teardrop, you know, hood, and it's just incredibly fast. <laughs> Let's say, <laughs> incredibly fast, just like a Arco Galaxy. I mean, those fours were just awesome automobiles.
2: Oh yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Um, you know, for me, being a Mercury guy, the Mercury uh, sixty-nine, seventy, the Mercury, the Marauder. Um, they're kind of a, a big, heavy—not a real heavy. barn burner—but I just like them. You know, I like those cars. Um, not the fastest muscle car; it's sort of like a, a flying brick. But um, yeah, like a just, just boring a, car. Yeah, yeah. But just a cool car. Sort of like the, uh, <coughs> you know, some of the early '60s Pontiacs—the full-size.
0: Um yeah. cars. Super dude Catalina's yep. Awesome car. Yeah. Yeah, great, great, great Four twenty one um what's that? Four twenty one, great engine. You know, speaking of Pontiac, yeah. Uh you know everybody talks about, you know, Camaros, Camaros, Camaros. Uh gimme a seventy three uh formula super duty. Which is very rare with the twin hood scoops and the engine. I mean, that was a unique engine in and of itself. And uh, the 73, you know, I'll even take the 73 Trans Am Super Duty. I mean, that is just an incredible automobile.
2: I agree. Cool, cool
0: car. Um, You
2: know, the muscle car era was starting to wane there. You know, and I I know it's not going to shock anybody, and I can't, let the subject go without saying that certainly you and I agree 68, 69 AMX oh, yes. 390 go Pack car uh, There's an endless amount of fun to be had there and they're just so unusual and so cool uh, this Rambler the uh, Hearst SC Ramblers as they call them, scramblers. I've always loved yeah. those. In, in both bank codes, I just think they're cool. Just great graphics, really different. Yeah, great graphics. The and of course the AMC machine. I, I have a machine, so I'm you know I'm biased in that regard. But I love the AMC machine. Again, another flying brick. Um, not the fastest car you could get your hands on but a lot of fun fun to drive and lots and lots of power Um, and you know out of all of those I'm still stuck back with American Motors I just I like the fact that they were the underdog and and they really produced some great stuff great stuff. I don't think they get the credit they deserve for all of the development that they participated in on such a shoestring budget. They really didn't have the budgets of the Big Three, and they just pulled it off so many times. So,
0: Well, you know, speaking of having a small budget uh, and competing with the Big Three, what about the supercharged Sudebakers of the late 50s? I mean oh yeah the Daytona
2: you know
0: with, yeah. yeah that Daytona was a very quick automobile you see them at the drag strips in Norwalk Ohio and man they're quick yeah I had a
2: I had a 63 Lark with the 289 and three on the column and you know it was really a nice performing little car the suspension was a little antiquated, I'll give you that, but just on a straight line out on the highway, it was great. Uh very good performance. You know, great power to weight ratio and uh that 289, which was a Studebaker engine, folks, not a Ford. Um, right, you know, gave it gave it a lot of juice. So now that we've talked about muscle cars, we were going you know, to we we're discussing buying cars at a distance you know picking up stuff that you know is state, several states away you know you're wanting to buy the car you can't get there fast enough you know they'll probably sell it if you don't buy it there's a good price on it but how do you do that prudently without you know, wasting your money and getting hosed. And i and I'll start off by saying I remember an auction a number of years ago a friend of mine and I went to in a place called Pampa, Texas. And the guy down there had the at that time had the largest collection of fifty six and fifty seven continental Mark IIs. Ooh, anywhere in the world. I mean, he had a, wow. all configurations and all states of restoration. had a couple that were immaculately restored and then he had a lot of them that weren't so nice. And it, there were a lot of people remote bidding. They were call, calling in. It wasn't online. It was, you know, by phone. They had a ton of phone bidders. And it felt badly for those people because a lot of the cars, cosmetically, at 10 feet, looked great. But once you got in close, it's like the headlight surrounds uh, and trim. They were held in fiberglass and you know body panels full of Bondo. Some of it was really, really rough. I think the guy was an oil guy, and I think when you know things were slow in the oil business, he got his workers to come in and work on these cars. A lot of them were 10-, 20-footers, and people paid top dollar for some of those cars, and they were just god-awful. Uh, there were probably only three or four cars in there in, in terms of the Mark Twos. There were some other Lincolns there. But uh, as far as Mark IIs went, they had... Dozens of Mark Twos, and probably three or four were really worth the price that they got. Um, well,
0: most of the have people the heart of were appraisal. disappointed. Well, you know, right? There's the American Appraisal Group, uh, and they have knowledgeable appraisers all over the country. You contact them, and uh, if you find yourself in a situation like that, where you can only be a remote bidder. Uh, Just hire the appraiser. It's worth several hundred dollars. And they will tell you all the goods and the bads on the car that you're interested in buying. Even if it's not an auction, you know. You should hire an appraiser if you can't get to see the car.
2: Now, you'll save yourself a lot of heartache. And it's time for a break, folks
3: when it comes to car magazines, are you tired of reading about mega-dollar collector cars you can't afford, or endless reporting on auctions and how-to tech stories that don't interest you? Then Crankshaft is the car magazine for you. Crankshaft is a 144-page softcover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories, the type of car features you won't find anywhere else. It features American and foreign cars, pre- and post-war era cars of distinction including sports cars, muscle cars, and regular family sedans too. To discover what many car enthusiasts are saying is the best car magazine ever published, you can purchase either a single copy for $12.95 plus $3 postage, or a one-year subscription, four issues, for $59.95. To order your copy, go to www.crankshaftmagazine.com. That's www.crankshaftmagazine.com.
1: And I'm here to tell you that is the nicest magazine. It you don't know whether you want to sit there and just look at the pictures sort of like i do because little difficulty in reading at my age you got to get that thing into focus you know but no it is the nicest magazine you can imagine and if you've already blown it for father's day you could at least give your father a card and say i've got a surprise coming for you quarterly and uh It's sort of like telling him, telling your father the checks in the mail, but he will be so excited when he gets his first copy of Crankshaft Magazine. It is beautiful, folks. I've been in this game a long time and I've never seen anything like it. And, you know, there, there is one problem that I have found with Crankshaft Magazine is there's On each and every page, almost, there's a little portion of Richard that says, I love doing what I'm doing. And you can see it, you can smell it, and you can look at it forever. But Crankshaft Magazine, I wouldn't even call it entertainment. I would call it an investment in the future. I can see somewhere down the road... That magazine, a copy of it, will sell for lots of money. So anyway, keep that in mind. It is a great, great magazine. We'll be back in just a few minutes on the Classic Car Show.
4: Call J.C. Taylor today for a competitive quote on collector car insurance. Give your most prized possessions the attention that they deserve. You'll receive agreed value coverage giving you the peace of mind to know you're always protected. J.C. Taylor has been supporting the hobby with reliable service that has lasted for six decades. Call 888-ANTIQUE or visit jctaylor.com slash awr to get a quote today. That's 888-268-4783 or visit jctaylor.com slash awr. Drive through time with peace of mind. J.C. Taylor.
0: You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And
1: now, back to the classic car show on America's Web Radio with Tom Cox and Richard
4: Lentinello.
2: And we're back. Um, We were talking about, you know, buying cars remotely, whether they were at auction or whether it's from private individuals, um, you know, always save yourself a lot of time, trouble and heartache. By hiring an appraiser, if you're really serious about a car and you're planning on spending thousands of dollars on it and money on top of that to get it shipped to you, a couple hundred bucks is really a small price to pay to hire a qualified appraiser to go out and inspect the car and give you a full report on it. Now, in lieu of that, there are times when you're not going to be able to get an appraiser in the general area that you have the car, but you might be able to find people that are involved in a, a car club that are nearby. If you belong to AACA, if you belong to any of the... Mark clubs out there, generally speaking, if you find a car for sale, you can generally find someone that's in that same geographic area that can either tell you about the car perhaps or, gosh, go take a look at it. I've, I've done this a number of times when it was difficult to uh, find just the right person to go look at a car. I've called upon friends to talk to friends who are in the club. I I bought a 53 Hudson Super Wasp uh, Coupe from uh, an estate in Vermont. And I was getting a good deal on it. And it was one of those deals that I knew the window would close on me very rapidly. And so the first thing I did was I started use Google. Google can be your friend; it can be your enemy too, but it can be your friend. And I googled uh, independent make car clubs in the general area where this car was, and this it was part of an estate. And I found the name of the president of the local uh, American Motors enthusiast group there, and I thought, well, Hudson. It's part of American Motors, so maybe this guy knows this the fellow that owned this car. He knows something about it. So I Googled the guy's name, got his phone number. I called him up. And I told him who I was and why I was calling, and I asked him if he knew the guy, and he knew the car. He told me, he said, you know what? He goes, I'll tell you this much. He said, if, if I didn't have other things that i have to spend my money on right now that car would be in my garage that is a great car it's solid there's no rust in it it has a beautiful original interior it's a great car so right then and there i i really got some great valuable insight into what i was getting myself into and of course the best thing getting into the car at a price where even if it still needed some work I was still okay I still wasn't going to get hurt so that's the other part of it is you know if the price is good enough sometimes you've got a little bit of leeway Um, but you know what sometimes price isn't everything you can spend a little bit of money on a real pile of bolts bucket of bolts so you know but there are a lot of different avenues out there. Photographs, 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 photographs. Um, you can't get enough pictures. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, you know, uh, it also depends on the price of the car. You know, I mean, if, if you're looking at a car for, you know, five $6,000, you know, hire an appraiser, uh, but if you're looking at a car that has substantial value, you know, let's say you're looking at a, I don't know, let's say a, a, a Pontiac GTO. You know, the car's is going for $80,000, $90,000. If you're going to spend that kind of money, spend 1000 bucks and fly out to look at it. There's nothing better than, you know, I mean, if if, if, if you got that kind of money to spend on a car, uh, spending a 1000 bucks on a plane ticket to go look at it, uh, it's definitely beneficial because only you will really know whether that's the car that you really want, you know. An appraisal will tell you the good and the bad, but sometimes you just got to see it for yourself. You know, uh, back in '92, I bought a Alfa Romeo Giulietta Sprint out of Kansas City, and I was living in uh, in Brooklyn at the time, and I wanted that car so bad. I didn't even have photos. I called the guy up, and uh, he was an attorney. And just talking to him, I knew that he was being incredibly honest. He was telling me all the details. And I just sent him the money, and before you know it, the car showed up, and it was exactly how uh, he described it. So that's not always the case, especially in, you know, today's environment. People know about collector cars and old cars are being valuable, and there's a lot of scam artists out there, you know. So sometimes it really is worth a plane ticket to go look at the car that you're interested in. Like, pay me now,
2: or pay I me could, later. Yeah. No, I definitely agree. Particularly if you're spending, you know, tens of thousands yeah. of dollars. You, you should go see what you're buying. See it in person. Feel it. Touch it. Sit in it. And if you're not comfortable, you know, giving the car an assessment yourself, then hire a professional to do that for you in addition to looking at it you know right if you're spending tens of thousands of dollars for this car it's obviously something that you really really want and something that more than likely you're going to keep for a while and you're going to it's going to be a cherished part of your collection know what you're buying don't end up with a heartbreaking situation because it does happen out there now i've been very fortunate over the years i've uh, gotten into trouble maybe once and it was really not that bad most of the time i've done really really well um, i've got a car coming that's going to be a surprise but i i bought this one sight unseen um, but the same guys owned the car for 40 years um lot of detail about the car there are numerous awards and here's another thing that's helpful too you know if a car has won an aaca for instance aaca senior level award you can pretty much rest assured that what you're getting is a pretty decent vehicle that's for sure it's it's sort of like getting the good housekeeping stamp of approval um, that's another thing that's, that's helpful. It's not a substitute for having an appraisal um, or seeing the car in person. But generally speaking, if a car is an AACA senior winner, then you can pretty much expect that the quality of the car is certainly, you know, in the upper, upper levels of restoration. Yeah,
0: that's like a good, you know, certification. You know just like if the car won like you know uh a first place at a buick national meet and being judged by buick judges uh then you know that uh you know the car uh is quality you know uh it, it has that i guess you would call it provenance of all these wins and trophies and awards so you know it, it's good to go so uh yeah i mean you know you you got to do your homework. Uh, I know when people buy cars on BAT, you know, bring a trailer, when you go to that site, you look at any car that's being listed for sale, and there's like 80 photos or 100 photos. Every little square inch of the car is shown. So with today's, you know, iPhones and smartphones and all that stuff, people who are selling cars, they, they could take a gazillion photos for you. If you can't find an appraiser in that area, and uh, just analyze the photos, put them on your computer screen, blow them up, you know, and ask lots of questions. You gotta do your homework, right? So, what what kind of oil?
2: Since it runs out onto the floor constantly, um, how what kind of oil are you running in your triumphs? Since you have to replenish it what, daily practically? I...
0: You know, what do you <laughs> say that I I pushed my triumph out of the garage about three weeks ago and there was just a large spot of oil on the floor. It's like, <laughs> like where's it coming from? This is a rebuilt engine, all new seals and gaskets. I mean it just it just leaks. <laughs> uh In my Triumph, I'm running uh, Mobile One, just like I run in my Mini Cooper. Uh, I like synthetic oil. Now, I I did make a mistake years ago. Uh, In, I guess it was, uh, 98, I bought a Ford LTD station wagon with a 302. I bought it from the original owner, who was about 110. And that told me (laughs) that the guy never, he, he never drove it, I think, over 50 miles an hour. Uh, the car only had like 45,000 miles on it. So what's the first thing I did when I was moving to Vermont? Uh, I changed the oil to synthetic oil. Uh. Big mistake. Within yeah. like, uh, with, within six, seven months, uh, I blew the engine driving home one night. It's like, and, and then I started taking the engine apart and saying, "What happened?" And it was all caked up. It was like it's like the synthetic. I don't know. It 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 just like dislocated all the gunk that 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 was in the engine for years, you know. And it was just it, it ruined the engine. So sometimes you better stick with conventional oil if the car. I guess, didn't have a lot of miles or it wasn't taken care of well. I, I don't know, but uh, that was a big mistake. <laughs>
2: yeah, it, it, it can be a big mistake. So, for me, I recommend a, a good synthetic oil. Uh, if you've had a rebuilt engine or you've been in and, and cleaned everything, if it's clean, you can go to to a, sin- a good synthetic oil, um, something like uh, Z Rod twenty fifty, which is a synthetic oil made by uh, Amzol. Oh. Amzol. Oh, and- Z Rod twenty fifty. Amzol. Z Rod twenty fifty. That's a great. It's a great product, um, and it it has, you know, everything you need to protect the flat-tappet engines. And it also has a lot of, <clears throat> excuse me, sounds like I'm having issues too here, <laughs> the uh, rust proprietary rust inhibitors and everything else that are in it. But here again, the big problem is with earlier cars; they ran straight thirty weight non detergent oils. You know back in the 50s and and before and so if you buy one of those cars and it's in in an all original car if the engine's never been opened up the last thing you want to do is put in a synthetic oil or put in a high detergent oil or for god's sakes don't Put motor flush in it either because what happens is you'll dislodge, as as Richard found out, it dislodges yeah. all the built-up crud and paraffin deposits and everything else in that engine. And then it starts circulating all that garbage through the oil system. And that oftentimes yeah. it'll plug up the screen too. And then you immediate loss of oil pressure and then you know, you're talking thousands of dollars, and you're on the side of the road, and, you know, it's embarrassing, and, you, you know, your dog will leave home and run away because you were so stupid, and, you know, but now, <laughs> you know, I mean, you just got to be careful. Uh, you know, I knew a guy a few years back, bought a 56 Chevy, it was all original, 40,000-mile car. And he thought he was doing something great. He put gunk motor flush in that thing and drove huh, it. No. I didn't know about it. Oh, yeah. And he got about 100 miles on that. And that's exactly what happened. It broke all that garbage loose. It got into the pan, got sucked up, and it clogged the pickup screen. Love Toast. Yep. Ruined, ruined the motor. So time for a break on that cheerful note.
4: Since the 1960s, J.C. Taylor has been America's premier specialty insurance provider for classic cars, antique autos, modified, and custom vehicles. Our customers have trusted us to protect their prized possessions for more than six decades. For more information or to receive a quote, contact our expert team today by calling 888-Antique or by visiting our website at jctaylor.com slash awr. That's 888-268- 4783 or visit jctaylor.com/awr drive through time with peace of mind jc taylor
3: when it comes to car magazines are you tired of reading about mega dollar collector cars you can't afford or endless reporting on auctions and how to tech stories that don't interest you then crankshaft is the car magazine for you crankshaft is a 144 page soft cover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories the type of car features you won't find anywhere else
4: And now,
1: back to the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio with Tom Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello.
2: And we're back. Uh, You know, we were talking about dislodging all the gunk and garbage in these older engines that were running single-weight oil, non-detergent. The other thing I would recommend to people... You know, even though you've got a car that might only have forty-five, fifty thousand miles on it, an older car, you know, car from the '40s, the '30s, '50s, you might want to drop the pan and mm-hmm. just clean all the garbage out of the bottom of it because a lot of it collected down there. And if you let it build up, you won't have to worry about dislodging all that garbage. There's already enough of it built up in the pan that it'll obstruct the pickup. Uh, oil pickup and you'll end up losing oil pressure when you're driving. So it's probably a good idea to just drop the pan, clean it out and put a new gasket on, put it back up. But even at that, if you haven't gone through the entire engine and cleaned it out, do not go to a high detergent oil, run a older uh, single weight oil, Non-detergent in it, um, not unless you pull the engine down and cleaned it out. And that's that's my advice. Uh, there are other people that are like, you know, well, heck, you know, I can just run ten W thirty, no big deal. I don't worry about it. And sometimes, you know, you can get away with that. But bear in mind that sometimes you can't get away with that. So, do you really want to take the, take the chance? You can buy a, you can still buy a straight uh, thirty weight. 40-weight oils used in a lot of heavy machinery, so you can still buy that stuff. Um, later model cars from the you know, mid-60s on, 10W30. Now, a lot of people think that the W in 10W30 stands for weight. doesn't. It stands for winter. Uh, mm-hmm. Viscosity right. number is 10. W is winter. And then the last uh, number... Thirty in the case of ten W thirty is the uh, viscosity of the oil um, at operating temperature or higher temperature um, Mm -hmm. for summer summer driving. It you know I mean you would think think in your head like ten W ten winter thirty and if they they didn't do this of course but you know put an S on the end of it for summer okay because that's really what that stands for.
0: I, I said years yeah. ago to avoid NW-40s because they put too much extender in the oil to expand the range from 10 to 40. And I did some research on that, and there seems to be a lot of truth to that. Too much extender in the oil, so uh, it's better to go with a straight oil or, you know, 10-20, 10-30. Uh, so that's what I do now try to avoid 1040. Now, also, also, uh, oil filters. I switched years ago after doing some research on oil filters and every study that I read, Wix, W-I-X, Wix oil filters are the absolute best. And that's all I use now. I won't use anything else. I won't use those cheap orange filters you get at the box stores and the local, you know, Walmart, uh, Wix. It, it, it really There's makes a huge the difference. difference. There is. Right. There is a huge
2: difference. If you do your research, you'll, you'll see it. Um, Napa carries a premium filter, and a, it, the name of it, it escapes me. Um, it, it's well thought of, um, and Baldwin filters also. So, I mean, you know, there are a couple of manufacturers out there that build a, a great filter, but yeah, that's important as well. Now, uh, On cars with flat tappets, okay, with, and we're talking about the valve tappets riding on the camshaft, flat tappet engines require, particularly during break-in, require zinc in the oil to keep from wiping out the lobes on the camshaft. And actually, older engines were designed for zinc oil and it's zinc diphosphate blah 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 I can't even try to pronounce it but ZDDP Um, and it's been taken out of a lot of the oils today by order of EPA because it has a negative the zinc has a negative effect on catalytic converters makes them less able to do their job so EPA says "Eh, no more ZDDP now make sure that if your engine has flat tappets, that you're running an oil that has ZDDP in it and a, enough ZDDP that it will protect the engine properly. It really protects it from scuffing too. Um, so most of your classic oils will have a sufficient level of ZDDP in them. Um, you know, you can get probably the least expensive option for most people would be um, Shell Rotella T4 uh, 15W30 diesel oil and just because it says it's diesel oil doesn't mean you can't run and run it in a gasoline powered engine um, it's just specified for diesel but um, Shell generally recommends the 15W40 Rotella T4 for, for most classic car applications it's a a good inexpensive uh, option. I mentioned uh, Z-Rod 2050 by Amzol. It's a synthetic uh, with proprietary rust inhibitors in there. That's a good product. But another one, probably the most popular amongst car people, Valvoline VR1 Racing 2050. Uh, Yeah, excellent. That's excellent, excellent, excellent oil for for classic cars, it's uh, you know twenty 2050 instead of a uh, 1050, um, just a much better option, and it's a little bit a little bit more expensive. You're going to expect to pay about fifty bucks for six quarts of Valvoline BR1 Racing 2050, but it's worth it if you stop and think I of how much it costs these days.
0: And it rebuild. smells so good. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I love the smell
2: of it, That's like- Oh gosh, we've only got one minute to go. Well, I hope you feel better, Richard, and that you don't kick the bucket on us over the next week. Um, you know, folks. Yeah. Get off the couch and get
0: in the garage. Go find yourself a cheap car. Why, Richard? Why find a cheap car? Yeah. Because cheap cars are good. Keep the tools of and hopefully I'll see you That's next right. week at A&C meet in
2: Townsend, yes. Tennessee. Yes, I'm going to have to call you about that, so we've got a flight change okay. of plans. But, hey, folks, take care. Thanks for putting up with us. We'll see you next week.
0: Ciao. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.